You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Who's dancing now? I would imagine Knicks fans are dancing. I don't know. Maybe not. Knicks making, uh, Knicks making money moves. Uh, should we call this team the New York Wildcats? Should we change the name? Anyone? Just curious. Uh, Knicks making money moves last night. If you're just waking up, Dante DiVincenzo uh, is now a Nick. Four-year, $50 million deal. Dude was drafted in the first round by the Bucks. spent some time in Sacramento with the Kings, just recently with the Golden State Warriors. He's 26 years old. He averages nine points, four rebounds, three assists a game, shooting 39.7% from behind the arc and averaging five three-point attempts a game. Also a very strong defender. So um, so there's that. Let's start right there. Let's open up the phone lines. 800-919-3776. You want to jump on board. Moke Hamilton... Uh, who joins me throughout the NBA season is going to be joining us in about 10 minutes. Excited to get him on the program, get his thoughts on uh, the money moves that the Knicks have made. Now, I love this move. Um, Dante is a guy that, that, you know, obviously following the NBA and especially in the postseason, um, always loved when he was on the court this past uh, postseason with the Golden State Warriors. Um, So excited to see what he can do here. And now you've got... Three Villanova dudes, uh, right? Jalen Brunson, Josh Hart, and now you add Dante. Whoa, all three of these guys have, have won a, a national championship. You got to love that. And uh, obviously, I'm sure he's thrilled to come back to the East Coast and, and play at the Garden. But what needed to happen in order to make this deal? Uh, this is a, a Knicks team. They needed to trade Toppin, and they did, to the, to the Pacers for two uh, second-round future round draft picks and yeah so there you go um and and i i want to i want to imagine that there are a number of knicks fans out there that are not thrilled with the fact that that toppin is gone he stinks (laughs) um i know stephen a smith a big knicks fan is not thrilled um and, and I don't think it's so much that Toppin is gone. I, I think, and, and it's interesting, I was uh, listening to what Stephen A. Smith and, and his take on this trade. He feels that the Knicks could have gotten more for Toppin if Tibbs would have played him more. Hey, hey Anita, you, would you like to hear Stephen A. Smith uh, tell um, say that uh, himself? Yeah, yeah. If you if you have that cut, yeah, I would I would love for you to play it because as opposed to me paraphrasing, yeah, that would be great. This is Stephen A. Smith's response to the top-in trade to the Pacers. Credit NBA today. Here we go. I'm not thrilled. I mean, it's, a, it's something involving the Knicks, and I'm not happy. Um, <laughs> I understand why they're doing it. I mean, when you talk about two second-round picks, maybe, just maybe, if Tom Thibodeau uh, found a way to play him a bit more, they could have gotten more than two second-round picks. So I'm not happy about that because I think that he's a real talent. I think that he's got a, a, a lot of capabilities, and it would have been nice to see him utilized more in New York City because I personally believe you could have gone small at times and played Julius Randle at the five and OB Toppin at the four and played them together. That's just my personal opinion. Having said all of that, based on the amount of time that he's received on the court playing for Tom Thibodeau, it's clearly a reasonable trade. So, uh, so you know, great points made by uh, by Stephen A. Smith. Uh, could the Knicks have gotten more for Toppin if Thibodeau would have played him more? Um. You know, as of right now, this is a Knicks team that is is relying now very heavily on Julius Randle. 
Um, I know that uh, there's a lot, there's a mixed bag of feelings about Julius Randle here in New York with Knicks fans. Um, I, I just, I feel that with Brunson on this team and, and Josh Hart, you know, I, I feel that this mix really plays to Julius Randle extremely well. Um, I thought, I, I do believe that as, as the postseason progressed, he was not playing, he was playing injured. And also, uh, he just didn't ha- have a lot of gas left in his tank. I don't know, does that lead to more um, load management this season? Is that something Tibbs believes in? I don't know. Um, I, this is what I do know. Uh, the perimeter offense that the Knicks are heading into this, this coming season is pretty impressive. With Hart coming back, obviously Brunson, R.J. Barrett, quickly Grimes, and now you add uh, Diva DiVincenzo to that mix you gotta like that um what happens there here's the thing the trade with Toppin had to happen in order because there is a hard cap right now in the NBA at 172.3 million dollars right so the hard cap this had to happen in regard to the trade to to sign Dante and, and make this happen understand that I don't believe the Knicks are done yet right and let's talk about what's out there. We spent a lot of time yesterday talking about Harden, James Harden, potentially coming to the Knicks. I don't want it. The majority of calls that we took yesterday, uh, a number of folks said, majority of folks uh, that called into the show said, no, not for me, which I was happy to hear. There were quite a few. Uh, there were maybe sporadically, maybe five callers that, you know, that were open to it. But the majority of calls that we took yesterday were where. where aligning with my take as well. And that is uh, Harden is not for me. Uh, He's coming from a team with the 76ers that you can argue had a better roster than the Knicks and still couldn't get the job done and failed miserably down the stretch in game six and seven against the Celtics. So, you know, does Harden make your team better? Statistically, you're like, hey, any guy that you're going to add to this this roster that's averaging 20 points and 10 assists a game is going to make a team better. Yes, but, you know, is it going to make this team better in regard to is he going to help the Knicks win a championship? Is he going to help them get to the next level? Is that the Eastern Conference championship? I say no. I say no. What say you? 800 800- 919-3776. Then there's also a number of other rumors. Damian Lillard, to me, would be a guy that I would absolutely love to come to New York. But uh, there's a few teams that is uh, on his wish wish list. The Knicks are not one of them. And in fact, this morning, it's even narrowed down even more so. And that is apparently he wants to go to the Miami Heat. So there's that. What would, what would it take for him to go to the Miami Heat? Uh, Miami Heat would probably have to lose Hero, Robinson, and about three first-round draft picks. But you add Damian Lillard to the mix with uh, Jimmy Butler and Bam, wow, watch out. Um, also, there's some talk and speculation. Again, it's just it's a narrative. It's what's being discussed. How about Paul George coming to the Knicks? But what would have to happen there? Uh, more than likely, and again, this is Bobby Marks and, and a number of uh, those who uh, who are a lot smarter than I when it comes to trade deals and whatnot in the NBA. It would take R.J. Barrett, Grimes, Fournier, and about three of the 11 first-round draft picks that the Knicks have. And then, of course, there's Anthony Towns out there. What would that take? Possibly Julius Randle, maybe another two t- second- or third-tier player 
along with three first round draft picks. So there, there's some options out there. I don't believe that the Knicks are done yet. I do believe they will bring in a, a, a bigger name player like a Paul George, like, like a Towns. I, I believe that their work is not done yet. But what direction would you like to see them go in? 800-919-3776. When we get back, like I said, Moke Hamilton is going to join us. We'll get his take on the moves that the Knicks have made and also just bigger picture in around the NBA. And we will take your calls. Again, 800-919-3776. Nina Marks with you on this uh, Sunday fun day, 4th of July weekend, right here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. It is a beautiful day. It's gorgeous out. Hopefully the rain stays away. Happy 4th of July weekend to everybody. We've got Tom and Joe who are producing the show this morning, which is great. Uh, working on getting Moke Hamilton on the line. So uh, in the meantime, we'll, we'll continue with your calls. So um, let's go to Manny in Flushing. Manny, welcome in. Good morning, Anita. How you doing? Hope you have a, a great um, holiday weekend as well as your 98.7 family group. Oh, thank you. Anytime. Uh, listen, look, I like to deal with uh, B.B. Sanders. I also agree that the Knicks are not done. Look, I will say this about O.B. Toppin. Look, I understand that there are some Knicks fans that are upset of him being moved, but you, they, most of us knew that he was not going to be back regardless of what, what the situation is going to be. Look, and keep that in mind, you can take Obi Toppin for motivate Julius Randle. When you think about it, the last three or four years, Randle has been a 2010 guy and an all-star and got him into the playoffs twice in the last three years. Won a playoff series, something we even had in a long time. I mean, you think about it, you can take that over those two 17 Manny, you sound like you're going to blow away. So um, hopefully you're grounded somewhere. Uh, if you can, get to a better space uh, to call us because uh, we're just, we had a hard time hearing you. Um, let's go to Dante calling in from Queens. Dante, welcome in. Good morning. Hey, Anita. Thank you for taking my call. Um, just chiming in about the Knicks real quick. I noticed the three guys you mentioned were Cat, James Harden, and Paul George. And I'm going to be real quick. Cat, I don't like because talent, he's soft. He's a guy that – I want a guy that gets mad when he loses. He seems like just a jokester, too comfortable with losing. Paul George, you're lucky if he's going to play 50 games because he's a load management king. I can keep you on the phone all day about why I wouldn't want James Harden. But as far as the OB trade goes, I feel like you could have used him as part of a package. I think it was very ignorant just to trade him for the two, the second rounders. I love the DiVincenzo signing because the versatility, like if one of our starting guards is injured, he could step right in. But I'd rather just get a backup for Randall and just – those three guys, it's because it would be like you're just making a trade just to make a trade for a name. Like, you don't trade what guys used to be. trade for what they are. You know, those three guys are a hard no for me. So so, so, what would be, Dante, let me ask you, what would be your, your, your ideal, your dream, realistically, right? Let's, let's, let's keep it realistic, right? What would be your dream player for the Knicks to... to My dr- yeah. My dream player... 
and obviously this player would have to one out. SGA would fit like a glove with the Knicks. I would drive guys to the airport myself if we could get SGA on this team. Um, That's a guy that I would love. Okay. All right. Uh, maybe um, that Devin Booker is a guy that I like. Yeah, but it's Devin Booker is whiny but that, but sometimes. That's not, but that's not that's that's not realistic. I mean, the Suns now, you know, they bring they bring in Bradley Beal, and um, so you know that that's their big three. So that's that's I, that's that's why I said like, let's make it realistic. A a player that potentially could be available. Um, a team would be willing to relinquish. And what would you realistically give up for him? Let's go to Jose in Brooklyn. Jose, good morning. Welcome in. Good morning, Anita. How are you doing today? Um, great, great. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing all right. Uh, I'm, I was not a fan of the Ob Toppin trade, but I understand if this if DiVincenzo was the overall game plan for it then i understand it i just still think that they could have gotten got, could have gotten just more than second round picks for him with him being a lottery pick but you know what Stephen a said was right Tibbs did not play him we kind of um i i'm not the biggest julius randall fan i do understand the production that he gives though but you know there is a part of me that just feels like this is um just doubling down on the Randall Barrett Brunson experiment. And hopefully we can, you know, hopefully this can, you know, open up the floor more with, with DiVincenzo. But my concern more is with the tip of the, with, with the tips factor, because we're going to need more of a offensive creativity than just the ISO ball. Because if it's just the continued ISO ball and the same hard nosed defense, then there, there is no evolution with this team evolution with this team. Um, uh, Jose, thanks for the, the the call. I appreciate it. You know, one thing that Stephen A. Smith mentioned, um, and and we played that clip, is is the tenure of Thibodeau. You know, there there's when when the whole Harden thing came out, uh, Woj had had said that there's the Knicks are one of the teams that are are interested in trading for Harden. My first inclination was, well, wait a minute, what happened to Embiid? We were just talking about a potential trade with Embiid. A month ago, what happened there? And reports are Embiid has has no desire to play for for Thibodeau. And 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 there's there's a number of, of players out there that we're hearing this the same narrative. Uh, why coaching philosophy, um, coaching expectations? Um, I don't know. Is Tibbs similar to uh, Bill Belichick without the winning history here in New York with the Knicks? Possibly. Maybe that's a good analogy. I don't know. Um, but Stephen A. Smith said that, uh, that, that word was that he was on the hot seat and, and needed to have a really, really good season last year in order to keep his job. And sure enough, he did. So, you know, is, is, is that something to consider, you know, for forever in a day, it was really hard to get these big name players to come to New York and play here at the garden, the quote unquote Mecca, right? A basketball that narrative has changed is Tibbs now, um, unfortunately a reason why some of the big name players uh, will be reluctant to come play for the Knicks. And is that something that, that the ownership group and, uh, and Rose and will consider, 
Keep in mind, Rose was Embiid's agent before he took the job with the Knicks. 800-919-3776. Let's go to Al in Brooklyn. Al, welcome in. Good morning. Hi, good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I'm not happy with the trade for, uh, for Obi um, because I don't feel like he really got a shot. Uh, to play here in New York. I mean, he would back up Julius Randle, and it's kind of hard to play like if, if you make a mistake and you look into the bench and they're pulling you out. Now, now Julius Randle, his numbers to me, you know, he's a 2010 guy, but he gets most of his points in the first half. You know what I mean? And then come crunch time, because there wasn't many blowouts the Knicks had. So when it comes to crunch time, he pounds the ball. He pounds the ball till he gets in trouble. And he throws ridiculously hard passes to a guy that's right next to him. I mean, he's a turnover machine in crunch time, and he doesn't help the team in crunch. They need someone who can create their own shot outside of Brunson. He does a great job, but he's kind of small. You know, I just don't understand Tibbs and why he doesn't like to play the young guys. Because the young guys are the ones with the energy. You know, you see they come back. You know, the Knicks would get uh, leads and lose the leads, and, and they put the second unit in, they bring them back, takes them out, and they right back to the same old nonsense. Um, I don't know. Tibbs I, I needs to change his philosophy and, and give these guys a shot. Um, I, well, I, I mean, Al, I'm sure you've heard it before, right? Can't, can't mm-hmm. teach an, an old dog new tricks. Um, it, it is <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's what we know about Tibbs, right? Um, and again, I, I think Stephen A. Smith is, 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 is right on point in regard to his analysis of uh, the Knicks only getting, and I say only, uh, getting two second round picks uh, in the trade with Toppin because, do, do, you know, teams really, he has not had a, an opportunity to really showcase his talent, you know, um, amazing stage here at the Garden, but not a lot of time to really showcase what he can do and, and grow as a player. So uh, it's really, I mean, it's really going to be interesting to see what happens with him in, in his career with the Pacers because he's going to get, he's definitely going to get a lot more playing time in Indianapolis than he did here with the Knicks. That's for sure. 800-919-3776, the phone number. We come back, we'll continue with your calls. Uh, talking all things Knicks, moves that were made yesterday and moves that potentially could continue to be made. What say you? What would you like to see the Knicks do? Is it a Paul George? Again, we're hearing Damian Lillard um, has his eyes set on Miami. I also want to dive into that. I want to look big picture here in regards to the landscape of the NBA and some of the other moves that have have been made and also share with you some of the odds out there now and how those odds have changed. Futures bets heading into this coming, next coming uh, NBA season. So all that's still coming your way. 800-919-3776. Anita Marks with you. 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Now, Obi Toppin, the eighth overall pick in New York in 2020. Listen, this is going to give him an opportunity to play a bigger role in Indiana. And the Knicks will get back a couple of uh, picks here. But uh, this is a conversation that was picked up from back at the trade deadline between New York and Indiana. And I think Obi Toppin, I think there's still a story to be written on his career. He's kind of faced a, little, a bit of a log jam in New York. Uh, that's Woj talking about uh, the top in trade to the Pacers. Mo Hamilton joins us now here on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, love talking NBA with Mo. Mo, good morning. Happy 4th of July weekend to you and yours. 
Hi, Anita. Happy 4th of July to you and yours as well. And happy free agency weekend, right? It's like probably the most exciting time of the year for those of us that cover the NBA and those of us that follow it. And the first couple of days certainly have not disappointed thus far. No, absolutely not. Uh, so let's start a small picture here in our own backyard and, and, and we'll, we'll expand. Uh, and obviously the big news yesterday, Toppin traded to the Pacers for two second round draft picks. Uh, Stephen A. Smith disappointed with that. Uh, we'll get into that in a second. And then, of course, Dante DiVincenzo uh, signed a four-year $50 million deal with the Knicks. So now uh, you've got some Villanova dudes, Jalen Brunson, Josh Hart. Now Dante, we should call this team the New York Wildcats. But first things first, let's talk about the top in trade to the Pacers. Uh, your thoughts on, uh, on him no longer being a part of this roster and also uh, the return that the, uh, the Knicks got for him. Yeah, I mean, I think that for the most part, based on what I've seen, I think that there's generally two trains of thought here um, if you're a Knicks fan and you've been following this and you've been following Toppin's career. I think, I think most people feel a little disappointed, um, and, and, and I can understand why. And if I were going to pick a side, so to speak, I would, I would say I would be disappointed as well, uh, mainly because I guess there's two things, maybe there's three things. The first thing is that um, in the limited time and the limited opportunity that he's gotten, I think that Obi Toppin has shown enough flashes of potential to make you think that he deserved more playing time and would have made you curious to see what he, what he would have done if given an opportunity to play more minutes. So I think it's disappointing from that standpoint. And um, the, the return of, of two second-round picks, you know, it's like second-round picks, the gross majority of time are things that don't yield any fruit. You know, like if you have a second-round pick, uh, getting somebody like a Draymond Green or a Nikola Jokic, you have basically like a one in 10 million chance of something like that happening, you know. So I don't know that the return is actually going to yield much fruit for the Knicks. And then the other reason why it becomes super-duper disappointing is because at the time Toppin was drafted, that position was not a position of need for the New York Knicks. There were a lot of people that thought that Tyrese Halliburton would have been a better pick and would have made more sense for the Knicks. They chose Toppin over Halliburton for a position on the floor that the Knicks simply did not need while they did need a point guard. Now, obviously, since then, you got Jalen Brunson, so maybe you won't cry over spilled milk too much, but things would have been completely different for everybody had the Knicks selected Halliburton. So ultimately, you know, I think that what happened with Toppin is going to be a, a, a blemish, and uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be there for a while. You know, we'll see what they do with the, with the second-round picks. But, uh, yeah, disappointment, I think, would be the right word to describe that. Yeah, and, uh, and obviously Toppin will get a lot more playing time with the Pacers, and I think it'll be interesting. I'm sure Knicks fans are going to pay quite a, a bit of attention to Toppin and, uh, and see what he's able to do in the coming years. Um, I, wouldn't, I, I wouldn't doubt that. All right, so uh, so number two, as we know, this deal had to be done because of the hard cap, which is at 172.3. Can you explain to our listeners out there why this year is different? I had Bobby Marks on the show not too long ago, and he said that the reason that this was implemented was because uh, there were a few teams that were not playing nice in the sandbox. So if you can, <laughs> So if you can elaborate on that, please. 
Yeah, I mean, it's actually pretty simple. So I think we've talked a bit about the NBA's new collective bargaining agreement. That collective bargaining agreement went into effect on July 1st. And um, I guess just to keep it as, as basic as possible, there are rules and mechanisms in the CBA that govern what teams are able to do in terms of their spending. Uh, and there are restrictions on teams whose payrolls exceed certain amounts. So just for example, the Knicks being a team that, that was operating over the cap, in order for them to utilize the full mid-level exception, which is what they used to sign Dante DiVincenzo, they had to ensure that their uh, salary, that their ledger would be below a certain amount for the remainder of the season. And the easiest way to accomplish that was to uh, excise a salary of someone that made about the money that Toppin did. Um, and I think that's really the simplest way to put it. So if you ask the Nick front office to sort of explain their reasoning behind the Toppin deal, they would probably say, oh, well, you know, we look at the deal as not just OB for the second-round picks. We look at it as OB for the second-round picks and DiVincenzo. Like, it's sort of like a combination because in order to be able to utilize that much money with the mid-level exception, they had to get their salary cap situation in, uh, you know, in, in better shape. And they were able to do that by, by getting rid of that salary. Now, that explanation makes sense, but now you look at the Knicks' backcourt, you know, you think about Jalen Brunson, you think about Emmanuel quickly, and you think about some of the young guys that have showed flashes, right? Like, well, what does DiVincenzo's arrival mean for Quentin Grimes? You know, the Knicks are going to reinvest in Josh Hart and bring him back. Like, what does that mean for his minutes? Emmanuel quickly. Right, like this is a guy that you know people are talking about a contract extension and wondering what it means, what what the, what he and the Knicks are ultimately going to be able to work out in terms of securing a future for him in New York. Uh, Miles McBride has showed you flashes, right? So th- there's just a lot of questions, and now the backcourt seems to become a little more crowded, and now you don't have Julius Randle insurance. Like the Knicks have a bit of a hole at the power forward spot on the roster. So again, a lo- lot of questions here, but. To answer the salary cap part of it, Anita, that's basically what it boiled down to. They needed to get rid of the salary in order to have access to that full mid-level exception. Otherwise, they would have been restricted to a smaller exception, and it wouldn't have been enough to get the deal done with DiVincenzo. Gosh, you explained things uh, so so properly, Moak. Moak Hamilton joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. So with that being said, Dante now a part of this uh, Villanova <laughs> group of players Brunson, Hart, jokingly, I'm saying should we call them the New York Wildcats? But nonetheless, uh, what what does he bring to the table? Do you like this move? Uh, overall, I would say I like it just because I think that already in a relatively short time, you know, he's proven to be a, a pro's pro in the NBA. Um, he's someone that, I mean, t- it, it, might sound, it might sound a little weird, but um, in, in some ways he's like Josh Hart just, in terms of his approach to the game and his approach to playing the game. Um, you know, his, the reputation that, that he's developed for himself both in Milwaukee and Golden State is someone that, um, you know, doesn't hang his head when things aren't going his way. Like, this is someone that's going to play hard for you. This is someone that's going to do whatever the coaching staff asks. And then more importantly, on the floor, he, he's giving the Knicks something that they lacked uh, big time during 
various points last season, and that and that's shooting. That's reliable outside shooting, reliable three point shooting. You know, DiVincenzo is someone that the Knicks, based on their metrics and what they see, they believe that he can be an effective 40% shooter from from three-point land playing with Jalen Brunson. And and then, and Julius Randle, I would also say. And then the other thing, too, is just from a chemistry standpoint. You know, like as the years have gone by, the Knicks appear to be building a a nucleus around Jalen Brunson, around Julius Randle, R.J. Barrett seems to be an important part of that. Josh Hart now, I think we can say, seems to be an important piece of what they're building in New York. And you already know for sure that DiVincenzo will have chemistry and will be able to play good basketball with two of those guys in Josh Hart and Jalen Brunson. So um, I think the deal makes sense from that standpoint. Like I said, I think that the Knicks do still have more work to do now, though, because the backcourt's beginning to look a little crowded, and it looks like they could use another frontcourt player or two. So I'm interested in seeing what Leon Rose has, has up his sleeves. You know, today is just the third day of free agency. There's still some impact guys out there. There's still a lot of trade rumors out there uh, involving some big names. So I would expect the Knicks to continue to make phone calls and continue to be active and see how they can otherwise improve their team. All right, Moke. So, like I said, let's look big picture here and a few big names, right? Woj comes out with a Woj bomb a few days ago saying that uh, that Harden, James Harden, looking to be traded, is going to work with the front office with the 76ers to make that happen. And the Knicks very well could be one of those teams for a landing spot. We'll see what happens there. Paul George's name has been mentioned in regard to a potential trade for the Knicks. Uh, Towns as well uh, has been mentioned. I know Damian Lillard is uh, is looking to be traded. He has requested a trade from Portland, but apparently his number one team landing spot is the Miami Heat, which very well could be extremely interesting. With that being said, realistically, um, do you see any of those opportunities panning out for the Knicks? Uh, I think, you know, I think that the Knicks are going to have an opportunity to get involved in every conversation, you know, and that's certainly a good thing for them. And the main reason why is just because of the stockpile of assets that that they have, you know. And then the other thing is, uh, as far you know, the, the Damian Lillard, obviously the Damian Lillard trade, there there's no necessary, there's not necessarily a reason to believe this is something that's going to happen right now, you know, um, especially because. Portland has let it be known that they're not really interested. If, if they're giving up Damian Lillard, they want to push the reset button and go into an all-out rebuild. And teams in that situation typically aren't looking to take back a guy like a Tyler Hero that has you know three or four years at over $100 million left on his current contract. So that's going to be an issue for the Heat and the, the Trailblazers. The, the mission there for them is going to be to find at least one, maybe even two more teams one that would be willing to take on a hero and maybe send some draft capital to Portland. So is that something that the Knicks would consider or could get themselves involved in? Maybe not in that specific scenario, but the point is with any of those other big names that could be on the move, right? Like you mentioned Carl Anthony Towns, you mentioned James Harden, uh, you mentioned Paul George. In any of those scenarios, it's very plausible that it will take a multi-team effort to get a deal done, and the Knicks will be involved in all of that, as they have been to this point. Uh, me, personally, I, I would be all over Paul George. 
you know, personally, I think if I'm running the Knicks, I think that the key to unlocking this roster and getting it to the next level is to get an upgrade either at the small forward or power forward position. And of all the players out there that are available, you know, I think Paul George obviously does come with some injury risk, but a relatively short contract, two more years left on his deal, but also someone that is, when healthy, one of the best two-way players in the entire league. Um, from what I understand, the teams have talked, but the Clippers' asking price is a little expensive. And then the other important part of it, Anita, just really quickly, is James Harden apparently wanting to go back home to L.A. and reportedly wanting to play for the Clippers. If you're the Clippers, you re-sign Russell Westbrook. If you bring in a James Harden, that doesn't necessarily seem like a team that's making moves as if it wants to give up on the dream of winning a championship there. So it seems like the Clippers are in acquisition mode, and if they are, then I wouldn't necessarily expect them to move Paul George, and certainly not on the cheap. So it doesn't look like that's going to end up happening. But like I said, the Knicks are going to be involved in every conversation because they're actively trying to improve their team, and they have tons and tons of assets. They have a, a treasure chest that is sort of getting bigger every summer. And even though I don't feel great about the top-in move, it does give them two additional second-round picks that they could potentially put in a trade or two. So so all things considered, I think the Knicks are, are still in pretty good shape. I think they can afford to be patient and see how some of these things pan out and, uh, you know, continue to build their thing organically one piece at a time. Uh, I'm, I'm hearing that what it would take for, for Paul George is R.J. Barrett, Grimes, Fournier, which uh, I, I imagine the Knicks uh, want to get off their roster considering uh, it'll be in his final year of his deal um, and, and his value, that expiring contract, and three first-round draft picks. So uh, that's what I'm hearing. Are you hearing that it's even more than that? Uh, I think what I've heard is consistent with that. Um, the, 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 the type of terms that I've heard are multiple young players and multiple first-round picks. Um, you know, obviously Barrett and, and Grimes, you know, you don't feel good about those names being mentioned in a deal. But from what I understand, in most uh, situations where the Knicks are talking trades, it's, it's really the draft picks that, uh, you know, ultimately lead to the phone call ending. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, what's, what's happened is there's just two different extremes. Like, you look at what Bradley Beal gets traded to the Phoenix Suns for, and obviously that was a different situation because Beal had no trade clause. And you look at what Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert were traded for, and even what Kevin Durant was traded for to the Phoenix Suns. And, you know, you see some of these deals where teams are getting four first-round picks and three pick swaps, you know. And the Knicks, I don't really think, are in position to make that kind of deal because they're still building their team. Those types of deals are teams that are one piece away. Like, those kind of deals are uh, deals that those kind of teams can make. You know what I mean? And the Knicks are not necessarily in that, in that situation. So if the Knicks are looking at bringing in a guy like a Paul George and, you know, that you're talking about two first-round picks and a pick swap or, you know, uh, three first-round picks or something like that, it's probably something they would consider, but once you start talking about four picks, you know, multiple-year pick swaps down the line, stuff like that, is where it, it, it sort of starts to get a little too rich. So um, those components that you mentioned are things that I've heard of in a potential deal, but those are framework things, right? Like it's not, it's not the entire deal. 
So for the conversation to not go much further than that, I would think that the Clippers, you know, were probably also looking for an Emmanuel quickly or, uh, you know, Mitchell Robinson. Like those four names, Barrett, quickly, Grimes, and Robinson are the names that are always mentioned by other teams whenever they want to talk business with the Knicks. Um, various combinations of those guys as well as draft picks. You know what I mean? Like there seems to be a New York tax that a lot of opposing teams want to levy. And uh, that's why the Knicks ultimately walk away from these deals. And, you know, I think more to be seen on what happens with Paul George and certainly more to be seen with what happens with Damian Lillard. But I think the front office is going to continue to be patient and, and act in their best interest. Great stuff as always, Moke. So appreciate your time, especially on this holiday weekend. Uh, again, happy fourth to you and yours. Thank you so much. You got it. Uh, a lot to uh, digest, a lot to unpack, and we'll do that when we get back. Uh, Judah and Beverly, um, hang tight. We'll get your calls next, talking all things Knicks here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Anita Marks with you on this beautiful Sunday afternoon. Uh, great to hear from Moak. We're going to hear from Tommy Beer as well. Uh, heavy show talking about the Knicks. Why not? It is uh, the thick of free agency and uh, NBA discussion is going to go away uh, pretty soon once this is all said and done um, because football is going to be here before we know it. We'll get you up to speed on what's going on with the Yankees and the Mets as they, of course, are back in action today if weather permits. And, uh, and, and I booked Dr. Scott Ellis, um, foot surgeon at HSS, to join us on the show with an update in regard to Aaron Judge and his foot injury, as we are all hoping that he returns after the All-Star break. So uh, good show lined up for you with you until noon this afternoon. Let's take your calls. Let's go to uh, Judah calling in from Queens. Judah, welcome in. <laughs> hey, how you doing? Thanks for uh, taking my call. Sure. Uh, love the show, and I uh, always follow your plays, too. Oh, um, thank you. Yeah, I'm laughing because the guy who uh, screens the calls, like, as soon as I mention uh, James Harden, he just shut me all the way down. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go a different direction. <laughs> yeah, so I got a question, though. Out of the three you named, realistically, I was looking at Carl Anthony Towns. He's only about, what, 27 years old? And... I'm thinking, <clears throat> looking at the Timberwolves, uh, I, I would take him out of the three. But I'm thinking, what would we have to give up? And, I mean, um, I would like to give up, you know, maybe quickly, maybe Mitchell Robinson. But with Gobert being over there, I don't think they would ask for Robinson. So now I'm asking you, would you put Julius Randle for Carl Anthony Towns? Would I? Yeah, if you were the GM, would you? Yeah, absolutely. But I, I think it's going to take more than that. I think it's going to take Julius Randle. Plus, I, I think they're trying to get Fournier off the books, off the roster, um, maybe Sims, um, and, and right. three first-round draft picks. Uh, you know, I, I, I think something in that realm, I, I think, will get the deal done. But, yeah, I, I would want Towns more so than Julius okay. Randle. I oh, well, I'm, I'm right along with that. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, thanks for taking my call. I won't mention James Hard. <laughs> you, <laughs> By the way, we've got, we've got uh, Tom and, and Joe who are producing the show. Joe, are you the one? Are you harassing our callers? 
what do you what's going on here dude what's harassing going on? no 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 what <laughs> i i just don't what's understand. what's going on here man <laughs> i don't get why people would want james harden personally i watched every single second of him in a, in a net uniform and i saw him quit on my team i I've seen him shrink in playoff moments time and time again. I I don't understand why they would want a guy who has a history of not only losing in the playoffs, but shrinking in the big moments. I thought the Knicks were supposed to take another jump to become a title contender. I don't know why you would want James Harden in that mix. <laughs> I well, you, you know, we talked at, at, at length yesterday. You know how I feel about about Harden. Let's go to Beverly in Union. Beverly, you're up. Hello, Anita. Hi. Good morning. Hi, how are you? Uh, good morning. Well, I'm going in a different direction. Me personally, I don't want any of those guys. For oh, the simple okay. fact, I'm I'm a lifelong Knicks fan. I've been suffering for years. I want the Knicks to just develop what they have and take it one step because none of those guys are going to win us a championship right away. And then you're giving up all your you know all your draft picks and stuff. And you pretty much gonna be starting all over again. So I just want them to just go like they go and let these guys build up more chemistry and see where it takes us. I, I hear you, Beverly, and and you know, and thank you for your phone call. Really do appreciate it. And there's nothing like homegrown talent. Uh, listen, this is what we're seeing with the Denver Nuggets. But not every front office, not every, not every scouting department, really crushes it with. Um, obviously, you know, their, their draft picks and what they've been able to do, um, you know, it's, 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 it's tough to do. That's why there are many teams need to build up their roster to the point where they're just maybe one, one, as I like to call them, alpha player away from truly competing and making a run to win a championship, but having enough depth in their roster so that when you do pull off a trade, um, you're, you're not, you're not handicapping yourself, uh, with lack of depth. And I, and I think the, the Knicks are in that situation in regard to the number of first round draft picks they can offer a team. So that's why I think the Knicks are in a really, really good situation, but I understand where you're coming from. Beverly 800-919-3776. We'll continue with your calls. We'll continue to talk about the Knicks. Big news. If you're just tuning in, uh, the Knicks, uh, sign, uh, Dante DiVincenzo, Four years, $50 million, Villanova, cat, no pun intended, joins his uh, his pack. Yeah. Uh, with, there you go, with Jalen Brunson and Josh Hart. Uh, but the Knicks do say hasta la vista to Toppin with a trade to the Pacers uh, in exchange for two second-round draft picks, uh, future second-round draft picks. Why? Needed to free up that, ca- that hard cap space uh, this year in the NBA at 172.3. Uh, we come back. Let's find out what's trending in around our wide, wide world of sport next here on 98.7 ESPN.